This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We heard from Brad Powers in our previous segment, and in case you missed it, please check out our podcast wherever you podcast. But we heard from him for his college football insights for week four of this season, and now it's time for ours. And we got to start with uh, Colorado at Oregon, right, Joe? Because yeah. last week, the look ahead suggested that the Ducks should be 14.5-point favorites. And now this line has moved all the way to Oregon minus 21 with a total of 71 and a half. That's nuts. And there may still be an argument for the over, but when analyzing this game, Joe, what stands out to you? Being that's where we are and just getting off the phone with Brad, what stands out is, and, and I noticed it over the weekend, there was like a celebration by some that Colorado didn't cover the spread. It feels like <laughs> it feels like the people that have one lost money in the first couple of weeks in Colorado, and two just were way off, like really are mad, and they want them to get embarrassed. Do you guys think that's a justified thought? Because I see that a lot in the sports betting universe right now. Like it's either I'm all in, this is great, this is entertaining, love Dion, hope hope they can stay live hang around in this game and then there are some sports bettors that like that are not in on this at all and they find it annoying and constantly hearing about Colorado and their numbers weren't in line because it was a very difficult uh to do to try to figure out numbers on this team when you have a different roster and you don't know if Dion can coach and it's going to be left up to the assistants but how much is left up to the assistants you got a player playing both sides of the going both ways like there was there's a lot going on and trying to figure out so you were going to be wrong it was it was just it felt like a wild stab a wild guess at it um am, am I just making that up because I it feels like there's this divide going on with this team I definitely think you're you know, right on par with that analysis. I am, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm kind of in the middle. On one hand, <laughs> I'm texting my brother this morning because he's now a baseball coach at Oregon. I'm like, dude, are you going to the game? Coach Prime is in town. He's like, yep, <laughs> you know it. It's going to be wild. But then I'm telling you before the show, man, I'm so sick of Dion. He's got all these commercials, his sunglasses sold millions of dollars over the weekend. It's starting to feel oversaturated. Like, I I'm just seeing him everywhere I turn. It's Coach Prime, Dion this, Dion that. I'm kind of on both. Like, it, I'm getting a little sick of it. Not because I've lost money, but just because it's, like, everywhere. But it's also a cool story. And he's charismatic and fun. And the trash talk is so good that, like, I can't help myself. It's like reality TV. I know it's garbage, but, like, I still tune in with the Dion thing. They might not be that good, but I'm still, like, intrigued, and I'll still be watching to see what happens, Ed. 
there is a little bit of burnout for me. I will admit that, but it's still a story I'm going to be watching for the rest of the season because I think there are too many compelling arguments, not to mention the fact that I think what Deion Sanders is doing for me, and maybe this is just my bias as a professor who deals with college kids all the time. I think there's Uh something to be said for being able to speak the language. The, The fact that he doesn't seem so stodgy, Uh, at news conferences or he looks very formal things like that the fact that he seems to relate to his players a lot more than any other head coach I've ever seen in the college football ranks I find that really refreshing just speaking the language you know talking like they talk I I think that's great that we can have this generational divide and yet he can come across as saying I understand you I am listening to you I think there's something really refreshing to that and I hope it's something that I think other head coaches are are taking in so it's something Aaron where I I, I get a little burned out by other people's opinions on Colorado but when I look yeah. at it I look at my own angle and go this is really refreshing and not to mention Jody to your point about mm-hmm. you know people wanting Colorado to lose because they've lost money off of them I mean, that's a mental health concern, I think, just as much as anything else, because you don't want to, you know, get mad at people because they are losing you money. Like, they're trying their best. Like, Deion Sanders wanted to beat Colorado State by 100, and it didn't happen. So, I mean, they're, they're trying their best out there, and you can't get that mad over it just because, like, look, you made the bet. This is entirely up to you. And if you made a mistake, then you need to go back and evaluate your process if you need to evaluate their process. It's not something that they're doing per se. It's not like they're throwing these games on purpose, Joe. I think it's great. I don't have any burnout factor with Dion. It's wonderful for college football. He's brought more interest this early in the season than I've seen in years. And then you have, even if you think they're not very good, he's bringing interest in a team that's, okay, they cracked mm-hmm. the top 20. Like, normally, we never even talk about these teams that are 19th in the country, but they're the number one story. And guess what? Even if they get blown out, story ain't going anywhere because USC's next. Yep. So <laughs> this is going to be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, I am certainly taking a look at the plus 21 side of Colorado. It's not a bet right now. I want to see where this goes. The totals actually come down at 71 and a half. So I'm going to be watching that one as well. 71 and a half, man. If, if, if it lives up to that, <laughs> if we get scoring like that blowout or not, man, it's going to be highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I know it really everything has become a production like Lil Wayne walking out at the stadium performing as the team's coming out of the tunnel the bit with the old lady super fan Dion and her in the locker room get you know I mean everything is so it's just awesome I do love it I, I don't know how I feel I get annoyed let's and say, I love it at the same time let's, let's say you're a top recruit and you've got to choose one right now is there much of a development debate between Alabama and Colorado. Oh, that's a great point. I'd want to go play with Coach Prime. The the argument Alabama has is not even you're going to win a national championship here. It's we're going to develop you into NFL talent. But if you're already NFL talent and you're just going to bide your time until you're playing in the pros, why wouldn't you go to Colorado, Joe? I. I, I don't even think it's a question. And now, are, are you going? 
Oh, you're, you're going to win a championship? I saw you guys had three at halftime the other day. I saw you lose by a couple of scores to Texas and Tuscaloosa. I mean, that would, that's what I would be thinking. And Prime, I'm going to get some visibility with Coach Prime, too. So, or I mean, if this, you're a coach, yeah. assistant coach, coordinators, like he, this is only year one. I mean, imagine what he's going to build there if this is just yeah. the beginning, a few games in. Unbelievable. Well, he might be at Alabama. <laughs> <That's> yeah, <right. laughs> you aren't Peace, kidding. Colorado. Although, yeah, right. Although I, I think we were talking about this before, like wouldn't Auburn make more sense because they're just, they're just such whippersnappers awesome. down there in the plains. Like, you know, they're, they would have to do something unusual to try and knock off Alabama from its perch. That to Iron me would Bowl. make sense as far as a move. How yeah. great would the Iron Bowl be? Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man. One of the best rivalries in college football. And to have that, then like we're gonna forget everything else. It'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on now because uh it's not just Colorado, Oregon. We have a ton of other fantastic games in college football, really too many to mention. So, Joe, I'll start with you. Which games are you eyeing for week four? I mean you know, Brad's right. As far as reaction that we're going to see, Heisman, title futures, under the lights in South Bend. It's Ohio State, Notre Dame. I mean, come on. It, the numbers, it was three. I see a lot of three and a halves out there, but this one's huge. Um, Notre Dame is, they got tested sort of a couple of weeks ago, but that's with a lot of these matchups. Ohio State has not been, not been tested at all. They look better offensively than they did in week number one but this one's going to be fascinating on a number of levels yeah Hartman's Heisman odds already dropped if they win this game they pull off the what is viewed by the market would be a slight upset you know it's just around a field goal um he's going to be up there maybe the third favorite maybe there with Penix I don't know not quite the Caleb Williams price but uh this is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be terrific. And I don't know what it does to Ohio State. If they end up losing this game, you still have the Michigan later on. Do they have to then run the table if they want to be in the playoff? There's a lot going on here. Um, in Notre Dame, I think one loss, and they are in that conversation. So they could lose this game, run the table. You still beat like teams like USC, uh, light up Caleb Williams, something like that where they could have one loss and still make the playoffs. So it's going to be big. Who knows? Maybe it's it's a future matchup that we're going to see down the road. Yeah, my thing uh, with Notre Dame is can they make enough plays to cover just because the Buckeyes' defense has looked a little bit better, allowing just 6.7 points per game. I know it's early. I was looking at Ohio State, the Ohio State side. I don't think I'll be on mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't have a play on this just yet, but definitely if I trust composite rankings that Ohio State is number one in the country and Notre Dame is outside of the top five, even though I love Sam Hartman, even though I think he's a fantastic quarterback, excited to see what he can do. Still, though, Ohio State has convinced me more than enough that they are the you know top two team in the country. So definitely I think – uh, that's a fine play. Aaron, what are you uh, staring down for week four? 
Yeah, uh, UCLA at Utah. This is at four and a half. So the Utes are three and zero, and they have some impressive wins against Florida. A road win against Baylor. Utah's defense, number seventeen nationally in total defense, number two in third down conversion percentage defense. Cam Rising still hasn't played. We'll see if he plays in this one, but so far. They, they've been able to hold on without him. Meanwhile, UCLA, they've got Chip Kelly. You know, the season has been impressive, but unlike the Utes, who has UCL played? Their resume, not as impressive, <laughs> even though they've Nobody. been dominant. I mean, they have played Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, North Carolina Central. So it's kind of like, mm, that doesn't get me too excited. Although UCLA uh, offensively, number 10 in total offense, number three in rushing offense. So that is impressive. Um, UCLA has uh, an at only average um, allowing 10 points per game. Um, but again, who have they played, right? So their opponents have not mm -hmm. been all that impressive. So ultimately... I think this is going to be a close game, but I think Utah wins and covers the four and a half. So I'll be on Utah minus four and a half, but I am expecting a close game and looking forward to this one, Ed. I like how you put it because UCLA sort of treated that first game against Coastal Carolina as a preseason game, trying out their different quarterbacks, trying out different things and ideas. And so I almost want to say they've played fewer games than everyone else because there's not that consistency <laughs> that you really need to have once you, uh, you know, get into the heart of Pac-12 action. So I look at this mm -hmm. and say, yeah, maybe UCLA needs another game or two before we really know what they're capable of but they're getting a really tough test in Utah. So that one, I, I think, makes a whole lot of sense. One game mm -hmm. that I'm staring down, Clemson and Florida State. You know, if you think about the hype coming into this contest, it, it's all in Florida State's side, right? Like, that's the now team we think can make the college football playoff now. Absolutely. Like, you've got a Heisman, can, you know, a Heisman potential finalist at quarterback. You know, all the hype is in that direction. You love the defense, all that stuff. But the line's only two and a half. And it's not just because Clemson is hosting – but just we feel like that the game is passed by Dabo Sweeney, and I would push <laughs> back on that idea. I think Clemson can win this game outright, and I'm taking them on the money line at plus 110. Yes. Now, I do like uh, Brad's idea that maybe I should wait for a little while in case it gets to three and that you know I don't need to bet on it right now because it's only going to go in the other direction. But I think Clemson can win this game uh, outright. I mean – you look at net yards per play, Clemson leads by roughly one full yard, so that matters. Defensive success rate, Clemson is 23rd in America, Florida State is 42nd. I get strength of uh, schedule matters when looking at these numbers, but yeah. ultimately Clemson comes in with the better advanced metrics, so give me the Tigers, Joe. Yeah, I can't buy in. I can't buy in. I just figured I look at it and they thought they were going to be three and oh, and, and their schedule helped them out with Charleston Southern and FAU. So now they look like a much better team. I'm not buying. I, maybe I'm putting too much on that Duke performance, losing by three touchdowns to them after having all summer to prepare for that game. But um, I, I look at it as value as long as we're inside of a field goal and I'm going to take Florida state in this matchup. Ooh, I, I asked Brad about it. I thought this could be a Clemson upset and we get one of those mm -hmm. emotional Dabo, you know, 
th- sound bites afterwards. I could definitely see a situation where this I is mean, a Clemson. Guys, this this slate is so good. We didn't even get to Lane Kiffin against Saban. I'm annoyed that that's going to be on the same time as Colorado, Oregon. I mean, what what an incredible Saturday we're going to have. Oh, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we need to circle back to this later in the week because there are other bets, other plays we uh, also want to voice. Mm-hmm. This is Back to L Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the night and perhaps beyond. That's right here on the Vectual Network.